Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy for the Ages, the show where a father and son talk about fantasy, science fiction, and other nerdy things we enjoy. Today, it's a Just Jim, the father episode, as I'm coming to you with some thoughts on science fiction and fantasy remakes, and how sometimes they're great booms of success, and other times they are definite busts. Before I get into that, I just want to remind all of you, if you are watching us for the first time, I hope you thoroughly enjoy this, and please remember to like it down below. Now, not just those of you here for the first time, any of you enjoying this, give us a like. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. We love those subscriptions. Thank you to all of you who've subscribed already. And look down in the show notes to other ways you can interact with Zach and I sharing your nerdiness with us and making all of our lives richer. All right, these remakes. Now, the category is pretty broad here, I'm talking about. Uh, things that are both movies and television shows. But also, when I say science fiction and fantasy, I'm throwing horror in there as well. It's an adjacent category. It's a kind of fantasy. Sometimes it's a kind of science fiction. But SFFH doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same. Still, here's a list that I'm going to go through with you today that are all remakes of films that were at least modestly successful. Many of them were exceedingly successful. Some just a little bit. But then a remake comes along for whatever reason. It might have been just a few years later. Or it might have been decades later. And it either was tremendously successful in surprising and powerful ways, and especially financially, or it may have flopped. And on occasion, something I'll consider as a bust was still commercially successful, but everybody knows that movie sucks. So I'm going to bring some of these to you here today, a list of movies. But I want to clarify one thing as I get into my list, and that is... I'm really trying to focus on true remakes. So movie A is replaced by movie B. Okay, it's it's remaking what that first one did in a better way, a newer way, in a re-envisioned way. So these really aren't sequels. I do have some exceptions to my own rule, but I make exceptions for reasons that I will justify. There's one movie I thought about putting on this list that I'm just going to mention now because it doesn't fit the category. But, oh man, it was a bust. And that's Independence Day Resurgence from 2016. Coming out 20 years after the original Independence Day, which was a smash hit. I loved that movie. I own that movie. Oh, Resurgence fell flat. It was trying to be what the first movie was for a new generation. So it was kind of trying to remake the magic. And now it, it didn't find any magic. I really wanted to like the movie. Could not. So I'm not going to talk about movies like that. There are plenty of examples of sequels that fall short. These are remakes. I'm going to start from the bottom to the top. Now, I don't mean I'm starting with all busts and finishing with all booms of success. I mean movies that we least care about to movies we most care about. And the busts and the booms are going to be intermixed here. Highly subjective list, of course. My show, my list. Let me know if you agree with 
the order I put these sorts of things in. If you agree with movies I say are booms or busts, or if I have it backwards, and definitely if there's anything on this list that you don't think belongs here at all, tell me. And if something I should have put in totally got whiffed on, let me know that too. Now, there might be a reason I'm only claiming to be an expert here on ones I've actually seen. So some movies are missing because I didn't catch them. That especially is true of some of the busts. And I don't have as many busts as booms here because, you know, we kind of avoid bad movies. All right, let me start with my first one. The first is a bust. That would be the 1998 remake of Psycho, starring Vince Vaughn, a remake of the classic Alfred Hitchcock film of 1960. The original was groundbreaking, stunning, was an excellent story. Uh, the remake couldn't capture any of that magic. And sorry, Vince Vaughn, you were no Anthony Perkins. Just couldn't do it. So that was a definite bust. Next one, another bust, unfortunately. The Thing from 2011, a remake of the 1982 John Carpenter classic, The Thing, which in itself is a remake, but more about that later. Wow, The Thing had of 2011 had better special effects. It didn't matter. The movie just didn't hold up to the 1982 one. Next on the list, as I continue to move up, is a boom, my first boom, but we just don't care about it as much as many other movies, and that's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe of 2005. Now, this is based on the classic C.S. Lewis book, one of his Chronicles of Narnia stories. The first live-action filming of it is all the way back in 1967. It was a TV serial done for British television. And in 1979, we had our first animated version that came out, and that was on CBS here in the United States. This is a remake of both of those sorts of things, and, and of course, it's an adaptation of the book, but it came with high-quality production value, big bucks, and was a big success. Went on to spawn sequels, none of which were as good as the first one here. Let's go to another boom. But now let's dip into horror again. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre of 2003, which is a remake of the classic 1974 movie of the same name. That movie, that original, man, it was freaking people out everywhere, and it proved that horror movies that have just lots of slashing and killing and violence can be commercially successful. So they decided, let's do it again now. Many years later, with much better filming because the filming quality is a little weak in 1974, just what they had available back then. They did great with what they had. Well, the remake did better with what they had now. I'd say the movies themselves are kind of on a par, but the quality of this second of this remake is better. It does get dinged for being heavily violent. But if you're going to watch the freaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, aren't you expecting a little bit of violence? I don't think you have a right to complain at a movie with this name. Let's go do a bust. Ghostbusters 2016. The remake, sort of, of the 1984 classic comedy with ghosts and such. It really isn't a true remake. It's a, a re-envisioning. Mm, it didn't work. There are plenty of people who love the 2016 edition, but 
for me, I'm like, nope, I didn't need a new Ghostbusters. I loved what they had before. And yeah, I, I, I couldn't dig the 2016 version. Then we move to a boom. Dread, 2012 remake of the 1995 Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dread. This remake stars Carl Urban, and I love me some Carl Urban. Going back to his appearance as Yomer in The Lord of the Rings, and he's done so much more since. A most recent thing you can find him on is The Boys on Amazon. Uh, Prime Video, gotta say that the right way. He turns in an amazing performance as Dread, whereas Sylvester Stallone, now you get Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> The original also wasn't a, it didn't stay very faithful to the comics that this is based on, whereas the remake, much more faithful. The character of Dread is played far better. Carl Urban just got him. So kudos for that one. A definite boom. Now we go to a bust. Robocop of 2014. I saw the original Robocop in 1987 in theaters. This was amazing. It was corny. It was also very graphic for the time. Tons of shootings and blood flying and uh, just, oh, over the top with some of the gore in a sci-fi kind of way. The new remake of RoboCop is much more clean, much more science-y, much better effects, lacking the charm of the original. So they tried. Sometimes just adding much higher production value and better special effects does not make a movie better. Here's another boom, then. We'll move to The Evil Dead, 2013, a remake, a reboot of the cult classic 1981, The Evil Dead. I love that original. There's some real camp at the same time that there's some terrifying scares in that movie. 2013 kept all the best elements of the original, but added better effects, higher production value again, improved what it could improve without losing any of the stuff that was special. So, well done. Now, Evil Dead Rise, the most recent of the new ones that are out. Okay, now they're, now they're off the rails, but that's just a sequel. We're not talking about sequels. Another boom for you and a favorite film of mine, Dawn of the Dead, 2004, a remake of the 1978 movie of the same name. Both these movies take place in shopping centers. Both these movies feature zombies and a zombie apocalypse. However, the remake has better acting, better writing, and better zombies. These freaking zombies run now. They are truly terrifying, not just stumbling things you can kind of avoid unless you're an idiot. Dawn of the Dead is a great film and done very, very well. So I can watch that one again and again. That brings me to another bust. Again, these are interwoven, and the bust I'm going to do this time is a sci-fi film, Total Recall, 2012. This was starring Colin Farrell, replacing or remaking the 1990 classic that starred... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold was at his prime during that original movie, and a lot of movies he was appearing in were real vehicles for him. This movie has a good story. It's classic science fiction. Really well done. 
the story is not bad in the remake. It's just, well, Colin Farrell's no Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've seen him do some great things, but this was not a perfect movie for him. And the supporting cast wasn't as strong as in the original either. So there's no denying production is better in the remake, but it could capture the charm of the first one. And this one's contentious. I'm going with the 2007 version of Halloween. This one, a Rob Zombie film. I love all the Halloween movies. So when I say this is a bust, it's not that I hate the movie. It's just compared to the rest of the Halloween movies, the Rob Zombie ones, and there's two of them, they have a very different tone, and they give us things on the screen that none of us really want to see. They do not improve upon the story. Uh, in this one, we get a lot of backstory on why Michael Myers goes on to be this killer, and we don't really care. In the original movies, he's just a mystery, and that makes him even more terrifying. We don't want a sympathetic killer in a Halloween movie. No. So, yeah, I, this one's a bust. I mean, I think, again, commercially it was successful, but it does not do better than the original. Now, a boom is another movie named Halloween. And this one kind of flirts with my definitions. This is the 2018 movie that is part of the original franchise, sort of, because it basically is designed to flow directly after the original Halloween and ignore all the other movies that were telling continuation stories from the first movie. I mean, there's like seven films that it just makes go away. But it's really good that it made it go away. This movie and the two movies that follow it then, it's a trilogy to finish the Halloween story. They make the 1978 movie flowing into these three better than the 78 film with all the other sequels. Erase the sequels, place them with these final three movies, which starts again with the 2018 Halloween. So, definite boom. Dug it. And if you're going to say, okay, it's a sequel, Jim. Well, no, it's, it's remaking Halloween 2 of 1981 with a completely different story. Here's another bust. Staying in horror. Friday the 13th. 2009, which as a remake would really be replacing the 1981 Friday the 13th Part 2. It's trying to start the franchise over again in a new modern way, but the original Friday the 13th doesn't have Jason Voorhees, the killer, as, as the main issue like this 2009 version does. He doesn't really come into his own until the second movie. So that's why I'm saying it's a, it's a remake of the second movie of the franchise. I watched it. It had some cool stuff. But, you know, if you've enjoyed the franchise all along, you're like, well, why are we starting over again? Why did we need this? Yeah, it's a bust. Another bust that I was truly sad about at the time, Planet of the Apes 2001. I watched all the original Planet of the Apes movies when I was a kid. Uh, some of them came out before I was born, but I still, you could you could find them on TV. You could watch these movies. They were terrific. <laughs> there was some great writing that got weaker as you went, but if you're into the story, you didn't care. You were digging it. 
Planet of the Apes was let's do it again for modern audiences with great technology, great production value, tell the story fresh. And it was just okay. I, I wanted to enjoy it more than I did, but it just fell a little flat. So thank goodness that this movie kind of doesn't work out, but doesn't kill efforts to bring Planet of the Apes back to the screen in a modern age, because my next boom is Rise of the Planet of the Apes in 2011. It's loosely based on the 1972 Conquest of the Planet of the Apes from that original sequence. It's an apology for 2001's Planet of the Apes. We're going to do this better, people. We're going to give you something you really get excited about and will enjoy. And we did. And there's been two sequels since. And the fourth one coming out next year, 2024. Looking forward to it. My next boom. My first superhero movie. My only superhero movie on here, actually. Batman Begins 2008, which is sort of a reboot, not really a remake, but a reboot of the Batman franchise that got a, a real modern movie kickoff with 1989's Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson starring film. Now, the 1989 film is good, was a fun movie, was a successful movie, and led to four sequels. None of them quite as good as the first, but all of them have their merits. 2008 comes along, and this Batman, wow, Batman Begins takes us to a real gritty Batman. The darkness that this character is supposed to have from the comics is truly there, maybe even darker. Christian Bale starring does a fantastic role uh, getting into Bruce Wayne, Batman. Oh, I gave his alias away. Sorry. Uh, it's fantastic, and it flows to two sequels that are all likewise extremely good. So, big time boom for Batman Begins 2008. Now I've got to go do another bust. Sorry. There are busts here we've got to talk about. This one, Godzilla. 1998, starring Matthew Broderick, and a big Godzilla. This is uh, sort of a remake of the classic Godzilla films that started back in 1954, back in Tokyo, Japanese films, and, and they still make Godzilla movies over there. That same production studio still is putting them out. But this was, okay, big modern American version and we've got Godzilla here making babies in New York City. It was just weird. There were some parts of this movie that just were not good at all. The effects were pretty good, but they tried to make it funny. I mean, that's what Matthew Broderick does. He's a comedic actor. Therefore, it wasn't as good as Godzilla deserves. It, it went for cheap laughs too many times. So that wasn't the one we wanted. Thankfully, in 2014, we got the one we wanted. Another movie called Godzilla. So this, I'll say, is a remake of the 1954 classic for a modern age, but also, again, an apology for 1998. Let's erase that from my memory and do it right. This Godzilla movie is everything you want from a modern monster movie, big Godzilla wreaking havoc, but also not being entirely a bad guy. Fantastic movie, thoroughly enjoyable, has already led to a sequel that was also very good. 
that's a boom. All right, another boom, and I think this is my most recent one on the list, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. It just came out this year, 2023, after originally being planned to be released in 2021, then postponed to 2022, and then postponed to 2023. Something about a pandemic, complicated release matters, and other things. This is not a direct remake of the 2000 Dungeons & Dragons but it is a replacement for it because that movie flopped big time. Lost money could have totally made it that we'd never again see any Dungeons and Dragons on the screen. Instead, they started work on bringing this version to the screen years before we finally got it. But it gets it. We've got real Dungeons and Dragons coming to the screen in a way that any D&D player recognizes, enjoys, Great action, great story, great comic relief blended in there. Everything you get from the role-playing game is on the screen. Well done. We like that movie. So from there, highs and lows, let's go to a bust. My next bust, and again, these for me are getting more and more significant as we go. This bust is A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake of the 1984 classic. I was a fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, all the movies in the series. But that first one is freaking terrifying. It's so well done. And the Freddy Krueger we get on the screen, played by Robert Englund, wonderful, a excellent balance of terror and a little bit of personality coming through. Uh, as you can tell, Freddy Krueger enjoys terrifying people and, yeah, along the way, killing them, too. From the mind of Wes Craven, this movie was brilliant. 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street comes after Wes Craven is gone. This is something totally different. And it's just trying to do it again in a brand new way with modern techniques, better production. It's the first Nightmare on Elm Street film that doesn't have Robert Englund playing Freddy Krueger. So we've got a new actor in there. And it's okay. It actually was commercially successful. It made more money than any of the previous Nightmare on Elm Streets. Ah, that doesn't take inflation into account. But it was certainly commercially successful. And yet, there's no sequel. Nobody really cares. It didn't add anything of value. And for those of us who loved the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, it was missing the charm. It was missing the humor. It was missing Robert Englund. You just can't replace that guy. He is Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's go to a boom now. I'm going to get off the depressing moment. And here's one of my older films, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978, a remake of the classic sci-fi film from 1956. I was a kid when this came out. I saw it fairly early. And it's a great science fiction movie. Really well done. Had some great stars in it who deliver strongly on their roles. There's nothing wrong with the older one from the 50s, but you could do things on the screen in the late 70s that they wouldn't let you do in the 50s yet. So that makes it a better movie. If you have never seen this one, it's worth going back and seeing, even though it's from all the way back in 1978. Another boom. War of the Worlds, 2005. This is a Tom Cruise flick. It's not the only actor in there that you'll recognize if you watch it now. And it's a remake of a 1953 film. 
It's so much better. Now, as a kid, I watched it. Little 13-inch TV, you know, enjoying the old sci-fi and horror movies of the past. And it's a great movie. But you get to bring all of what we can do today in a modern age. I mean, okay, it's 18 years ago now. But still, massive production, great special effects, sci-fi at its best. And Tom Cruise is not bad in the movie. So that's a boom. Let me bring another boom. And this is one I've talked about already. The Thing from 1982. You know, we already had the bust that came out later, but this 1982 version is, is a remake of a 1951 film of a longer name, The Thing from Another World. Now, they wisely shortened it just to The Thing. And this is a great movie. It's well known for having some of the best practical effects. This is before CGI is becoming all over the place. The things that they do for the thing, this creature that becomes part of these people who are trapped in a Antarctic base having to deal with might be Arctic base. No, I think it's Antarctic. No, I can't remember. It's really cold where they're stuck. And it's terrifying what this creature does and how it this practical effects is interacting with the people I mean, it's done so well. Yes, you look at it now, you can tell, oh man, that looks so fake. But at its time, no, nah, it was brilliant. And really, it's still pretty well done. Another boom, The Hobbit. This is the 2012, 2013, and 2014 movies by Peter Jackson. They're a remake of the 1977 animated version of The Hobbit. That's all we really had before that. And it's tremendously better than that. Now, I've got my issues with The Hobbit as three films. There's a lot of bloat here. They added things that they just thought made sense and filled out the world a little better. And it's too much. This is all too long. But it's still way better than the animated version from Rankin and Bass. So, it's a boom. Next up, another science fiction film, The Fly. This one's another boom for me. This is a positive one. The remake in 1986 of the classic black and white 1958 version. Now, the 1958 had Vincent Price, one of my favorite horror actors of the past. The Fly has Jeff Goldblum, which we don't necessarily connect with horror. We do connect him with science fiction, and The Fly is a, a blend here of those two. This movie, again has excellent effects just coming out four years after the thing and some of the things they use in that movie they are putting to work here again in the fly but a little better we're four years later the technology has improved so the effects are amazing in this movie and disgusting i mean when a guy starts to turn into basically a human-sized fly it gets disgusting great movie very entertaining I'd recommend that to anyone. Another boom. The Mummy, 1999. A re-envisioning of the classic Universal Pictures Studios horror movie, The Mummy of 1932, starring Boris Karloff. Now, we've got this modern version, very glitzy and glamoury and full of humor. Totally different than the 32 version. This is a comedy with a lot of the elements of the mummy that makes you jump. 
It's got some scares, but they're not overwhelming scares. Uh, Brendan Fraser really hits it big in his stardom moment, starring in The Mummy. And there are two sequels that it went off to. The second is great. The third, not so much, which is probably why there isn't a fourth. But the 1999 version of The Mummy, fantastic film. I own it. I've watched it multiple times. It's still enjoyable. Unfortunately, then Universal Studios decided to make another mummy in 2017, and we wanted to be successful. Let's put Tom Cruise in a leading role. It's just another remake of the 1932 film, but they ignored everything that was successful about the 99 version and got a bust. They took themselves too seriously, and we didn't. We watched this movie and went, there's no heart in this movie. There's no life to this movie. This is not the mummy we want. Eh. It's too bad because this was the first of a number of big money production value that Universal Studios was all in on to bring their classic horror creatures to life again. When the mummy tanked, the rest got shelved. Too bad. I like those monster movies. All right. Now I'm going to move into a series of booms that all start with the words Star Trek next. We're getting near the end of the list, so these are big movies for me now and for a lot of people. The first boom I'll bring to you here is Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is an amazing, incredible movie. And it's not even a remake, but it takes the original series from the 60s and brings it to the screen in a re-envisioned manner, doing things they could not possibly do back in the 60s because there's been significant advancement to the quality of production values. Plus, Star Wars had come out, and it was a big hit. And Paramount Pictures is going, hey, don't we have something like that? Don't we own something? And oh, yeah, we got this Star Trek thing. So they made a motion picture out of it. And it was very successful, but thank goodness the one that came after it, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, was far better written. And we get a whole bunch of Star Trek into the future because of, well, because of the first movie, but also because of the second movie that was definitely needed. Because if the second movie was only as good as the first movie, we would not be talking about Star Trek anymore. Still, I give it a boom for kicking off that we can do Star Trek as feature films. Also, because of the commercial success of all of these feature films of Star Trek, we end up getting another quasi-remake, Star Trek The Next Generation, on television starting in 1987. Not a true remake, but basically saying, okay, Star Trek, the serialized Star Trek in the 60s, what if we did it now in these? You know, if with what we can do now, it has so much better acting, so much better special effects, a better ensemble cast. I love the ensemble from the original, but any guy going to the planet in red was dead, okay? You know, they get rid of those cute little issues with the next generation. It's much better thought out. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, the original creator, is still connected to the next generation. He had better things to say now. He'd figure stuff out better. But the acting, I mean, we've got some amazing actors involved in the next generation. And it leads us off into Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager, uh, eventually Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I kind of skipped Star Trek Enterprise. Just Enterprise. That was a little weird. 
I, I own them all anyways. They're still good. But Discovery and, and more. There's still Star Trek content coming out because of the next generation, 1987. So it re-envisioned what we could do with Star Trek. That's why it's on the list as one of my booms. Another boom with Star Trek is just called Star Trek. The 2009 sort of remake. Because it's not entirely a remake. It's a parallel... No, parallel is the wrong word. It's a replacement timeline for the original. So it is replacing the original series with a new cast who are the same characters, but modern actors. And we get bridging that for us, the original Spock, Leonard Nimoy. And that was a beautiful way to hand over the mantle of the Star Trek intellectual property to a new age. Star Trek fantastic reboot film loved it unfortunately i have to give bust to the second film of the new franchise star trek into darkness which got in 2013 four years after star trek why well much of the movie's good but a big part of it is suddenly turning it into a new version of the wrath of khan how dare you the Wrath of Khan is untouchable. You cannot mess with the 1982 version. Go away. Bust. <laughs> Let's move on from Star Trek. I've got just six left. So here's some of the biggest. And these are all booms now. Rest of the way, baby. 2005, King Kong. A remake of both the 1933 original and the 1976 remake of the 33 original. Both of those films have merits, but King Kong had the effects in a way that the others could only dream and drool over. Great film, well acted. Kong himself is amazing on the screen. And even Jack Black's not bad in the movie. So, definite boom. Another one I got for you. This one's an amazing film. 2020's The Invisible Man. It really has nothing to do with the original 1933 Invisible Man. The 1933 movie was based on a book. The only thing the 2021 has in common with the original movie and the book is there's a dude who's invisible. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> Most of... You have never seen the original 33 classic, but you've all heard of The Invisible Man. Who hasn't heard of The Invisible Man? This movie is amazing. I recommend it to anyone as long as you are okay with some real, uh, wow, both physical and psychological violence. This movie would probably be worthy of some trigger warnings, too. I don't want to go into all of that. So... If you're sometimes sensitive about some things, I'll leave it vague. Maybe check out a little bit on IMDb about The Invisible Man before you just go and watch it. But I loved this movie, and it's an extremely well-done film. Next up, a boom would be Dune Part 1, 2021, which is a replacement for the 1984 classic Dune movie. I kind of enjoyed the 1984 version, but only kind of. There were parts of that that was just really hokey because of the technology they had available to them at that time. I love the actors that we had back then. 
I love the actors we have now even better. And all of the things we can bring to a science fiction movie now with the technology we have makes Dune shine. Between the acting and the production ability, this is a great movie. I was only ticked off that they only gave me part one. And now because of a writer's strike and all, we're going to wait even longer before we get the rest of it. But I'll watch it whenever it gets here. Okay, next boom, It. The 2017 and 2019 movies that are a remake of the 1990 miniseries, which itself is an adaptation of Stephen King's novel, It. I loved the miniseries back in the day. It's done really well, but it was on television. There's only so much you can put on television. Now we got a big feature horror film that was such a big story. They did it as two movies. The first movie was massively successful, made a boat ton of money. Boat ton, boat load. I think that's the cliche. The second movie was also very successful, did not make quite as much. Most people agree the first part one is better than part two, but you kind of need part two to finish up the story. I enjoy them both. Pennywise the Clown. <laughs> really well done in this movie. So, it. All right, second to last. So my second best, biggest of all of these is the Lord of the Rings trilogy by Peter Jackson. So Fellowship of the Ring in 2001, The Two Towers in 2002, The Return of the King in 2003. Those movies, best we can say, is a remake of the 1978 Ralph Bakshi film that was partly animated, partly silhouettes of real people, and it's only the first half. So that only does the Fellowship of the Ring and half of the Two Towers. The problem with the Lord of the Rings is lots of people had considered trying to do it, but it was intimidating. They couldn't picture how they could do it justice on the screen. And Peter Jackson and his team did. So we have an amazing remake because it's so much better than the only thing anyone had really been able to pull off, which was an animated thing that they couldn't even finish because they were overwhelmed. <laughs> That's a boom. Wow. And I've watched this so many times. Only the extended edition. That's all that matters. There is no other movie. Finally, the biggest on this list, which I've been re-watching just recently, Battlestar Galactica, the 2004 remake of the classic from the 1970s. I watched the original in the 70s, live on TV as a kid. It was the coolest thing I'd seen. It was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But there's no contest that the remake in 2004 and successive years is four seasons is way better. Heads above the original. It's gritty. It's truly science fiction and uh, space opera-ish. The tension, the acting, the writing, the effects, everything is amazing compared to the original. And even though it's almost 20 years old now, it holds up. This does not feel like an old, old show. This is still excellent. I'm watching the final season on my rewatch now. And loving every moment of it. It's just such a great show. Battlestar Galacta, number one in my book for all the remakes of SFF. Okay, that's what I got. 
Hope you enjoyed this. Give me your feedback again down in the comments. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.